This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease we can't possibly know how unbelievably incredible this experience will be and that is heaven well what's up everybody welcome back to the podcast episode 212 and thanks for being here i love doing this uh, it's uh, it's different than everything else I do. All the other pieces of media I get to do, this is different because I don't prep for it. I don't have notes for it. I don't have books on the table for it. This is me answering your questions. That's all this is. So I'm going through emails, no rhyme or reason to how they're ordered either. So you email me. Look, the emails changed this week for the first time in, in 200 episodes. The email has changed I'm still going to check the old one, but uh, we're trying to streamline this. So the, the new email is podcast at grangersmith.com. So podcast at grangersmith.com is your email. If you want to ask me any questions, it could be about anything in life, anything you're going through, anything you're excited about, anything you're worried about, anything you're stressed about, any anything in, in a relationship or whatever it might be, just ask me the question. We're going to talk about it like we're just sitting in the cab of a truck you say, hey, man, could I, could I run something by you? And we walk through it. Once again, that new email is podcast at grangersmith.com. And we're going to jump right into this. And the first one that randomly comes up, the subject line says, is country wrong? And the email itself says, hey, Granger, I'd like to stay anonymous. I'm 19 years old from the back country of the Northwest Territories. Yes, the North has good old boys. And trust me. Let me pause you right there. 
The Northwest Territories, yes, the North has country boys. I have traveled this beautiful world and I have seen country boys and country girls everywhere. It's not just the South. Let's move on in this question. It says, my question is this, and hopefully it makes sense. Is it wrong to, to live the quote-unquote country lifestyle? Me and my boys love cruising around in trucks, playing in the mud, and so on. But people from our church often make comments on how that lifestyle is not glorifying to God. Also, I really enjoy listening to George Strait, and the leadership of our church really looks down on any kind of country music. I have a very close relationship with God, as, as do all my boys. We love uh, having Bible studies and prayer meetings, as well as any other church function, and I know that we all love the church. So my question is, how would you balance that spiritual life and having fun when, and when does it be, when does that fun become wrong? By the way, I love your music and but I also love seeing you leave it for God's work. Yee, yee. All right, Anonymous, thanks for the email. I think it's a good question, man. I think it's a good question. Uh, a couple of things worry me from the question that you're asking, and it neither one of those things really has to do with you. Uh, I'm more worried about the people in your church coming at you with this legalistic idea that you need that... What, what did you say? Um... It's not glorifying to God, right? Uh, man, we have to be careful with that, with saying stuff like that. Hey, that's not glorifying to God. We have to be careful if it's not a sin, right? If it's a sin, if we're talking about a moral issue, we're talking about right and wrong, it's a moral issue. If it's sin, then of course it doesn't glorify God. But if it's a non-moral issue, like cruising around in a truck, that's not morally wrong or right, and so we can't, we can't over-spiritualize that and say, hey, man, you can't ride around that truck. That's not glorifying God. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. That is, um, that's a negative on the church itself. I don't know why they're saying that, because that's coming across pretty legalistic to me. But maybe if we were in the cab of the truck, maybe this would come up. If we were in the cab of the truck cruising around and not sinning, Maybe this would come up if I asked further. Maybe there are things that these people are seeing you guys doing. Like, are we drinking? Are we drinking in the truck? Um, are we staying out past curfew? Are we hanging around a bunch of people? Are we hanging around some hoodlums that are doing some things that we shouldn't be doing? Is there there's some thug life going on here? You know what I mean? Then you could see that. And from from the church perspective, somebody in the church is like, hey, guys, man. Guys, I, I, I don't want to see y'all hanging around those guys, those hoodlums over there. I don't want, I don't want to see y'all out here at 2 in the morning, even if you're not the one drinking, y'all stacking up a bunch of, bunch of beer cans back here, and you're underage, you're 19 years old. I, I don't want you to get caught and be associated with this because it looks bad on you, and I don't want that to come around, and then you have consequences that you have to pay for that. Like that, that's a legitimate thing. That could be someone that actually cares about you wanting the best for you. And it might be heard like this legalistic thing. These guys are telling me I'm not glorifying God. Maybe they just actually want the best for you. And they're like, hey, I'm a little bit worried about who you're hanging out with and what y'all are doing. Right? So there's that. Let's put that aside now. And let's, let me pull out another card here and just say this. Um, is it wrong to live a quote unquote country lifestyle 
that see, <laughs> no, not essentially no. I mean, think about think about the Bible. We have John the Baptist, who John the Baptist clearly was a country boy. The dude ate uh, he ate locusts and wild honey, and he wore animal skins. Uh, the dude is his country as it gets. Uh, Jesus ended up finding um, his disciples that were, a lot of them were fishermen. Like these dudes are country boys out there fishing. Jesus himself, God invades the world, his own creation to come in to redeem sinners. And how does he come in? Does he come in as a city boy? God comes in to creation, redeeming sinners. And he comes in as the son of a carpenter, not a wealthy man. He comes in uh, working with his hands, and we, we understand that maybe the carpenter, maybe that was also uh, a metal worker. We, we're not really sure exactly if it was woodworking or metalworking, but either way, we're talking about blue collar in our, in our perspective, uh, somebody that works with their hands, and somebody, that, somebody that's not, they're not just poor, but they're also not, uh, they're not just crushing it, and they're not wealthy by any means. And so you could say, um, Jesus himself chose country boys. I think that's a fair enough answer. All right. uh, Next question. Uh, Strangely enough, well, the subject line says spurts. And you could email me podcast at grangersmith.com. That's my new email. Then then this this subject line says spurts, but I don't think you meant to say spurts. Let's dive into the email. It says, hey, Granger, do you believe in spirits or ghosts? There it is. Spirits, ghosts. I never really did, the email says. I never really did until I was in a car accident back in 2014. I woke up in the hospital, and I swear I saw my sister's ex in the corner of my room. Felt like he was watching over me. He had passed away a few years before the car accident. What do you make of that? I was not on any medication, so I know I wasn't tripping. Thanks, Jen. Okay, Um, Jen, thank you so much for the email, and let's dive into spurts. You you were in a car accident back in 2014. You woke up in the hospital, and you swear you saw your sister's ex in the corner of the room, and it felt like he was watching over you. And you were not on drugs. You were you were fully fully uh, aware that this was happening. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to tell you that the Bible. It's going to say, well, how do I start this? There's multiple ways to get into this, but the Bible is going to say that there are absolutely spirits, of course, absolutely. Um, Third member of the Trinity, Holy Spirit, right? So we're, we're in, we're in, we understand that God is spirit. We understand that. Um, We also understand that there is a spiritual warfare going on around us. Read Ephesians 6. See what Paul writes about that, Ephesians 6. We understand that there are, there are um, angelic creatures and demonic creatures. And we cannot see them, but they are present here on this earth as we speak. Okay? Um, that is what the Bible says. So, yes, the answer is there are spirits, there are uh, there are. There is all kinds of spiritual activity around us. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, I remember when I used to think about this like 20 years ago, when all of the um, This Present Darkness books were out. You remember that series of books, This Present Darkness? My dad used to read those, and I would come in and read them with him. 
was fascinating stuff. Uh, but it's about spiritual warfare. And the thing to know about that is that when a human dies, what the Bible says is that person has no business on earth anymore. They're done. That Jesus says that person has no business left on earth. They are, they are finished with their work. They're not haunting earth. They're not back here um, sending butterflies or roses or, or closing uh, cabinet doors so that you'll hear them. They're, they're not um, whispering things in your dream, and they are not looking over your bedside, watching over you when you're in the hospital. Okay? That's what the Bible says. And we believe that the Bible is inerrant. The Bible is, is the Word of God. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe the Bible is the Word of God, then, um, then I'm not sure what to tell you because you're, you're not going to believe anything else I'm about to tell you. But what's, what's strange, too, is that when, when the disciples were in the boat during the storm and they saw Jesus coming to them, they thought he was a ghost. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says. They thought he was a ghost, which is interesting because that puts it in, in perspective that the disciples, just like you, thought that there was some kind of spiritual world out there that they could see and be afraid of like a ghost. What we do know is that the enemy is a liar and a deceiver. He's, he's the king of lies and easily makes his presence known throughout the Bible, uh, manifesting in demons. There's all kinds of demonic warfare. Jesus is casting out demons. Uh, Paul is, is dealing with it. Paul is dealing, Peter is dealing with it. Uh, everyone's dealing with demons. And we see this throughout the New Testament. They are manifesting themselves, and they are possessing people. They are oppressing people, and they're making themselves known in, in in all kinds of ways, right? So with everything I've just told you, now let's start putting some of these pieces together. I threw a lot at you. So we start putting these pieces together. And you could say, if I saw something at the end of the bed when I was in the hospital, if I saw something looking over me that had the appearance of a human that even looks like a human I used to know, and the enemy is a deceiver, He's the king of lies, right? And he's the prince of this world. Am I right with Jesus? Because I saw something that didn't seem right. And it wasn't an angel. You would, I think you would have said that. I think you would have said, I saw an angel. Like people say that. You didn't say that. You said, I saw a human. A dead human. And I'm telling, I'm telling you that the Bible says there are no dead people that are haunting this earth. But there are spirits, demonic creatures, deceitful, able to take different forms. You see what I'm putting together here? I'm saying when, when I hear something like that, it's terrifying to, for me to think about you and what you might be dealing with, what might be around you, and what you might have seen that day in the hospital. Uh, I could speak from a somewhat confident experience that you are in a spiritual war right now, and 
I would, I would run to our Savior, Jesus. I would run to him. And we have to understand who he is. We have to understand that he came in the form of a man, 100% man. He came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived the perfect life, fulfilled the law perfectly, perfectly in a way that we could not. And he was killed on the cross as, as prophesied, as planned by God because of the evil hearts of men was killed on the cross on purpose as the sacrificial lamb taking on the sins that, that me and you have committed and, and, and all of his people, to take, taking on the sins and redeeming them as the ultimate sacrifice by taking the wrath of God as, as a payment because the wages of sin is death. He took the wages of your sin and paid it in full. Three days later was resurrected proving his divinity. If you believe that, if you believe that, that's the gospel, and he could save, and he could end this strange idea that maybe someone has been watching you at the end of your bed. Thank you for the email, Jen, and I'm sorry that I'm like all over the place today on this episode. Um, let me... Let me jump into this, and I don't know what I'm getting into here. Um, the, the the email says this, Hi Granger, I'm 28 years old, I'm from North Texas, I love your podcast, I listen to them all the time, and I find that they help me, but, I've, but I have something that I've been struggling with. When I feel like I'm on the right track of doing good, I always fall, fall back into the old routine and just get stuck in a rut. I pray for guidance to get out of this, and when I do, I still go back again and again. If you have any advice for me, please let me know. Uh, I've been trying to save money and I was doing good until I, I lost it by going to the casino and I'm beating myself up because it's one of the things I struggle with and stress out about. Yeah, uh, this comes from Lonnie. Lonnie, thanks so much for the email. 28 years old, North Texas, and I know that those casinos are right over that border in Oklahoma. Um, you're struggling with doing good, getting on the right track. Those are the words that you're, that you're using. And you get in this rut and you save up a little money and you've got a gambling addiction. And so you, you head to uh, burn up this money in the casino and you beat, then you beat yourself up about it. You feel guilty. And this is the cycle. This is the vicious cycle. And it, this happens a lot to a lot of people and not just casinos, but a lot of other things as well, um, namely drugs. And there's a lot of ways that I could go about this and to, to answer this quickly is very difficult because this, this is the kind of thing that like takes hours of discussion and weeks of getting together. But um, the first thing I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with accountability because if you show me the five people that you hang around, then I'm going to show you the net average of what you're, you are and what you are becoming. So take the five people around you that you hang around with most, and I'm going to take those five people, I'm going to see them, evaluate them, and I'm going to tell you exactly who you are based on those five people. It's easy. I take the average of them, and that's you. I take the average of where they're going in life, where they're heading, and then that's your average of where you're going and where you're heading. That is easy, and this happens in all walks of life with all different kinds of people, all tribes and tongues and all cultures. Whoever you're hanging around with becomes you. And you can't think, well, I'm, I'm going to help make these people better. Don't think that. That never works that way. I've, I hang around with, with some bums. 
I'm not a bum, but I'm going to help bring them up. They need me. You're going to be a bum. Five years, you're going to be a bum. That's that's just the way it is. So um, I think if you look at those five people, we almost don't have to go anywhere else. I, I would say upgrade. My brother says this all the time. Upgrade your five. Upgrade your five people. Because those five people are affecting you big time. And, and you get some five people around you with accountability, with integrity, that say, hey, Lonnie, what are you doing on Friday? Come on, we got, we got some stuff to do. And you're like, okay, good. They're lifting you up instead of, hey, man, come on, get in the truck. We're going to the casino. And you're like, man, I'm trying to get better. And they're like, come on, Lonnie, go to the casino. That's what happens with your five. Hey, when you buy a house, right, and you get it on a certain street and you're the most expensive house on the street, your value of your house goes down because everyone else, all the other houses around you are pulling your value down. So don't be the most expensive house on the street. I hope that's not you, Lonnie. I hope that, I hope that you have more value than that. And I hope you could upgrade your five. Keep that accountability around you. This conversation could be way longer than this, but I want to start just with that simple thing. Who's around you? It's time to upgrade your friends. It's time to go, hey, man, I need some friends that say, man, you're not going to that casino. We're going to hold you accountable. We're going to keep you down here because we love you, man, because you're our friend and we're not going to let you get into this. Find those friends and let's start doing it right now. We'll take a break. Be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we have so many questions coming in with people that are asking things that usually require a therapist or a counselor of some sort, and I, and I am not that. I could provide you with a lot of answers, but it, but sometimes it's just going to need therapy just for a peace of mind. Amber and I did that after we lost Riv, and we learned some things about each other that we just would not have known without it. In fact, in my book, Like a River, I talk a lot about therapy and how that affected me in a positive way that I still use techniques that I learned today. As we go into winter coming up in the holiday season, a lot of stress could come with that. And therapy could really be a bright spot inside all of that holiday change. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, hey, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And then you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Granger today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Granger. Hey, did you hear about our brand new Yee Yee Freedom Club over at yeeyee.com? Well, it's a brand new club we just started where you get a shirt of the month delivered right to your door. This is an exclusive Yee Yee shirt that's seasonal, that changes every month. We only make the amount that we have in the Freedom Club, so no one else gets a shirt like this, and you can't find it anywhere else. This also gets you early access to all of our launches, so if you're tired of things selling out by the time you finally get logged in for a launch, you can get access to our launches long before anyone else does. Plus, exclusive discounts, monthly exclusive discounts for the Yee Yee Freedom Club members only, plus a lot of other cool stuff we've been working on. You can check this out at yeeyee.com. Again, it's called the Yee Yee Freedom Club. And by the way, we also just launched our brand new Hunter's Line. It just came out, and I hope you enjoy it. You can find all of this at yeeyee.com. 
Last thing, if you want to get a hold of me for any reason personally, go to cameo, C-A-M-E-O dot com slash Granger Smith. Or you could download the Cameo app again. That's C-A-M-E-O. Download that app and find me, Granger Smith. You can get a video message that I could send to you that says happy birthday to somebody, happy anniversary to somebody, maybe just a a bit of encouragement, maybe a pick-me-up. Whatever you want me to say, you fill that out on the app or the website, and then I come in. That sends a notification to my phone, and I record a video message about 30 seconds to a minute long just talking whatever you want me to say to whoever you want me to say it to. It's super easy, and then I hit send. It goes right to you. Again, that's at cameo.com slash Granger Smith, or you could download the Cameo app and search for me, Granger Smith. Back to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And if you have a question for me, email podcast at grangersmith.com. That's podcast at grangersmith.com. Ask me anything you want. We'll walk through it. The, the next email here, subject line says, podcast question, the baby dilemma. Hey, Granger, first off, thank you for the blessing to the world with Like a River. You're a gifted writer, and I hope everyone gets an opportunity to read your book. Uh, my family listens to your podcast, so I would like to remain anonymous, please. My husband and I welcomed our first child over the summer. This is a baby that I prayed for, but I don't think my husband fully realizes my desire to have a baby, although I've told him, and he always seems surprised. During my pregnancy, we were constantly anxious about having a healthy baby. We pray over our baby and praise God. Everything we prayed for, God has provided. But our baby was before our baby was born, I would constantly say we were never having more children because of the anxiety and stress involved with growing and wanting a happy, healthy baby. I had been in the emergency room twice during the pregnancy for scary situations, which turned out to be just fine. Fast forward, and now our baby is here. Our baby is wonderful, happy, healthy, and fills our heart with so much joy. My dilemma is that I find myself toying with the idea that it was so ignorant to say I'd never have another. My husband, however, is adamant on having no more children. Last time I brought it up, he seemed to have worn me down saying, he seemed to have worn down saying, fine, if you want one more, we'll have one more, which is obviously doesn't mean that he wants another, but uh, that I'd be, I will have broken him down into surrender. I don't want that to be the mindset he has when bringing another baby into the world. And obviously, I don't want to change his mind. I'm just not sure how to get over this desire in my heart. Could you please share your thoughts on this? Sorry, it's been long-winded. Thank you for your time. Uh, blessings to you, Anonymous. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping this anonymous, it's, it is it is interesting, I will say. I'll just throw this out there after so many episodes. It's interesting when someone like this says they want to remain anonymous because their family listens, but then they give such a detailed story about their family that's it'd be really difficult. Anyway, uh, you know what I mean. Um, it's a great question. Thank you for the question, and let's walk through it. Um, there's a couple things I want to show you. At the very beginning of what I want to say, um, I'm going to I'm going to find the first time you you said God, and well. You said at the very beginning, this is a baby I'd prayed for. Okay, so th- there's that. And then bat- down into the fourth paragraph, you say, uh, during my pregnancy, we were constantly anxious about having, having a healthy baby. We'd pray over our baby and praise God. We would, you and your husband, would pray over our baby and praise God. Everything 
we have prayed for. God has provided. Okay? I, want to, I just want to point that out. During my pregnancy, we were constantly anxious about having, having a healthy baby. We prayed over this baby and praise God. Everything we prayed for, God has provided. I just want to, I said that twice because I want to see what, I want you to see what you typed. You're anxious. You prayed. He provided. Now, to be honest, it doesn't always work. He always provides and his plan always happens, but we don't always see it happen in the way that we want it to happen. In this case, it did. What you wanted and what you prayed for was aligned with his will, and it happened. And he provided everything that you asked for. Sit with that for a while. And I hope you're listening. But in your situation, I want you to sit with that idea. And then I want, to see, I want you to see what, I want to, I want to show you what you're doing and what we all do. We, we're anxious, we pray, he provides, we get anxious about something else. That's what we do. It's crazy, but that's what we do. And he goes, you of little faith. That's literally what he's saying in his, through his word. And so here we are. Um, and what you're, what you're anxious about and what your, your, your dilemma is with your husband is totally valid. And um, your husband... <laughs> is totally valid for thinking what he's thinking because he went through this with a wife that was overly anxious about having a healthy baby, a wife that said, oh, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm in pain. I'm nervous. I'm anxious. Oh, please, God. Then you got this healthy baby and he said, no more. And he said, fine. Yeah, yes, I get it. This is, you've been a stress ball. And so, yeah, I hear you. And then a few years go by and you go, hey, babe, I think I want to have another baby. And he goes, uh-uh. <laughs> he says, no. Right? So that's what I mean. I don't blame him for saying no, because th this is what he's left with. And I also don't blame you for now. God's provided, and now you're anxious again about a new thing. I also don't blame you that you want another child, that this is all natural. These are all these things. Every bit of it is is natural and it makes total sense. And I don't read this and go, this is a messed up family. I don't, I don't think that. I go, yeah, this sounds like a pattern. It sounds like a very normal pattern. So let's just acknowledge, first of all, your feelings and everything you're going through and that this, this pattern, it's normal. And your husband and his resistance to it, there is a level where you're just going to go, hey, you know that I'm not going to push you beyond what you, what you want. I, I desire another baby. And I can understand why you say no because of the craziness of the first pregnancy. I get it. At least acknowledge him that. At least give him that. Instead of, if, if, if it's getting to the point where you're actually breaking him down, that's what you said. You said, he said, fine, if you want one more, we'll have one more, which obviously doesn't mean he wants another, but you've broken him down. If that's the case, what that breaking down tells me is you've been nagging him. Hey, have you thought any more about this baby? Is it always about what you want? Is it what you want or what I want? Because I want another baby. Is there, and, and is it so much to ask 
we have one and he's healthy and it's beautiful. Can we have another one? That's all I'm asking. And he goes, fine, fine. If that's what you want, we'll do it. I, I could totally see that playing out. What's, what's happening, we can't control him. We can't control his reactions. But what we can do is change the way we approach it. So instead, it's like this. It's like, hey, babe, I, I know you don't want another baby. And it's crazy to me that I actually do. But I'm not going to push you. I just wanted to tell you, and I want to get it out there. And maybe if you change your mind, will you please come to me? But I, I, feel, I feel like it's in our future to have another one. But I totally understand that you don't. You know, like, let's do that instead of pushing him to break him down. Let me go back to God's providence. providence. Let me go back to uh, God's purpose and God's will. This is going to blow your mind if you really think about it. Listen, anonymous, think about this. Think, step away from this podcast. And I want you to think after this is over, really think about what I'm about to say. And if you really meditate on this, it will blow your mind. Whether or not you have a baby, another baby is already determined. If you have another baby, it is already written. If you don't have any more babies in your life, it is already determined. It's crazy, right? And you go, what, what am I, just a puppet on a string here? Well, no. No, you're, you're making choices. You're making decisions. You're praying through it. You're acting within your, your will, the constraints of your personal will, and everything you got going on and everything you're dealing with. But the, the product of that is already determined. The reason I tell you that is that should if you meditate on that and you go, wow, it's already determined, a baby or not, it's already written, regardless of what I worry about. What I, the reason I tell you that is because you could sit back on that and just go, wow, I could just rest in that. Hey, God, this is, this is you. You're God and I'm not. You know my heart, God. You know I want another baby. You also know my husband doesn't. But God, you could soften his heart. Or you could give me better understanding. Either way, this child, I'm, I'm handing it to you. It's all you, God. Whether it comes or not, it's all you. That is, that is a mature prayer. And that, that, is, that is where ex- extreme rest comes from. That is, maybe that's extreme. How could you possibly extremely rest? That is where ultimate rest is, right? Ultimate rest comes from ultimate faith, which none of us have, but the closer you get to that, the closer, the stronger your faith gets, the the stronger you believe that God has already determined this for you, the stronger you believe that, the easier you rest. It's crazy, but it's true, and that's what the Bible says. And I love that we already have this example in your life when it happened before, you, you were anxious, you were worried, you prayed. He provided. Trust him. Thanks for the email. Let's dive into another one here. 
I'm trying to know. I, I have no idea uh, what I'm getting into, but this question, subject line says, life question. The email says, hey, Grinch, I'd like to remain anonymous, but I have a question for you. I am, no, no. I've read this one before. I've read that one. That, that one came in twice. Don't send them twice, y'all. Don't send them twice. That's that. Then it leads me to this kind of stuff. Um, let me go into this one. Hey, Granger. First of all, I'm a big fan. My wife and I uh, went to your concert at the Lake of the Ozarks, and I had a blast. My question is this. Last summer, there was a um, local family whose youngest boy drowned in the lake over Fourth of July weekend. We have, we have bought your book, and I'm curious, when do you think it's a good time to give them this book to uh, anonymously? Thanks for what you do with your podcast. Uh, right now. I'll give it to him right now. You sent this early October, and it is, that happened for the July, yeah, right now. Give it to him right now. Next question, subject line says, friends, hey, Granger, my name is Toner from Tulsa, and uh, I've been helping in my church youth group for almost a year, and I'm starting to see a change in me that's causing me not to be around my non-church friends anymore, and one of them told me I deserted them for church. Uh, should I feel bad that I may um, that I may have happened how do... I'm going to try to read what you wrote here. They told me I deserted them for church. Should I feel bad? I'll just, whatever you said for that, I'm not quite sure. But you said, how do I balance hanging out with church friends and my non-church friends? I have recently quit drinking every weekend and my non-church non friends are mad because uh, I won't drink with them anymore. What should I do? Hey, Toner, I appreciate the email, brother. And what you're saying is absolutely normal. It's, it's, uh, this is absolutely normal. Um, Jesus... Uh, read through the Gospels and watch what Jesus says very carefully. Uh, he's going to say, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He's going to, Jesus is going to pit father against son, mother against daughter, um, friend against friend. Um, your, your new brothers, your new friends are going to be um, friends you find in Christ. And then you're going to, as an example, then go back and be able to give your non-church friends as a, a bit of your hope that they could trust in what you trust in, that they don't need to be doing what they're doing. In, in a non-judgmental way, it's super easy. You're just like, man, I, I, I'm sorry I don't go out with you guys drinking, but I just found something better. That's all it is. I just found something better. And like, what possibly could be better? It's like, man... You should come with me. You should, you, should, you should come and check it out. You should come to church with me, and, and maybe you'll see. But I just found something better, and I can't go drinking anymore. Why can't you go drinking? Man, because to be honest with you, when I go drinking, it's, not, it's nothing on you guys. It's not, it's not judgment in any way on you guys, but when I go drinking, I, I, I feel convicted. I feel, I feel like I'm messing myself up a little bit. What are you talking about, Toner? Come on, man. Come drinking with us. Dude, I love you guys. Seriously, I do. And I appreciate the invite. Um, and I'll go with you guys, but I, but I, I can't drink because it just, it's not who I am anymore. That, that old me died. 
That version of me is gone. Ah. So at that point, if they're like, well, get out of it. We don't, we don't want anything to do with you. Is that something that you would call a friend? You found something. You found a treasure. And you love it. And it's, it's a new joy of your life. It's, it's given you purpose and joy and identity. And these guys say, get lost, man, or come with us. Do you still call them friends? So, yeah, that's, that's the new world you're living in, and it's totally normal. And I, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing, Toner. I bet you a couple of these guys, maybe one, is going to end up coming with you. That's the beautiful thing about it. But there is no more for you. There is no more how do I balance church friends and non-church friends. I could, it doesn't matter what I tell you on this podcast because you've been redeemed by the blood. So the, the, the Holy Spirit's going to act through you and witness to this as you live it out. So you don't even have to worry about me and what I say. What's going to happen is the more you go out with these the non-church guys, the more you're just going to be miserable. And you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> I really don't want to be here. I don't feel like I fit in. I just don't want to, I don't want to be doing this. That's what you're going to feel. And I, I don't have to, I don't have to push you along. You're going to end up going back uh, with the friends that go, hey, Toner, we get you. We get you, man. We understand. Come back. That's the deal. Let's grab another one. Hey, thank you guys for bearing with me on this podcast. This has been interesting. And um, I think it, for those of y'all that have listened to a bunch of these, when I do them at night, and just weird things happen in my brain, and, and I, I don't have a guest. It's just me and you. Um, so, so yeah. I'm what I'm gonna do. I'm actually scrolling down. I'm gonna grab something kind of old right here. It says broad, open-ended heaven question. Hey Granger, how do you picture heaven? I would love to hear the details that you imagine. My name is Julie. And I'm from Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Thank you for what you do on this podcast. My husband and I love hearing these. All the best, Julie. Hey, Julie. Thank you so much um, for the for the encouragement. And yeah, that's a great. It's a, I love this question. You know what's crazy? I was thinking about this today. Not the question, but I was thinking about this anal- analogy today. When I tell you the truth about heaven, it's going to sound boring compared to other ideas of heaven that you've heard. But the reason that sounds boring is to anyone that's listening is, is because your, your underestimation of what I'm about to say is, will blow your mind. Because if you really got a grasp on what I'm trying to say, and me too, hey, I can't either. I, I can't. My brain is way too small. But if I really got a grasp on what I was trying to say, it would be the most opposite of boring than anything I could possibly say. But because I can't say it well, and because my brain is tiny, when I do say it, it's going to sound boring to you. Let's do it, right? Let's get into it. I could tell you, how do I picture heaven? I could say, man, I hope it has green grass, and I hope it has a beautiful lake and, and largemouth bass. And good lures and good fishing gear. And I hope it doesn't have fire ants because I can't stand fire ants. And I hope the sky's blue with puffy clouds. And I hope the temperature's around 70 degrees. And I hope that those fish bite every single cast. 
I hope I get an eight pounder here, a 10 pounder here. And I hope River is with me. And River is standing next to me laughing and we're fishing together. And maybe we're both about the same age. And we're saying, isn't heaven fun? And, and River's like, yeah, dad, heaven's so fun. And we're just catching bass. And then my dad walks up and he says, hey guys, um, how's the fishing? And we're like, dad, it's heaven. Fish are, you know, are always biting here. And it's crazy. I could tell you that, and then and then we would end the podcast, and everyone would be like, "Oh, that's real sweet." But let me tell you, I think that's that thing that's really far off. <laughs> okay, I prepped a lot, so here we go. When we get to heaven, we are going to be in the presence of our Creator, and we are going to be so lost in the dazzling magnificence of Him that it's going, everything else will pale in comparison. And I think there will be everything else. I think there will be a lot of unbelievably incredible things in heaven. But I think if we miss the fact that we're going to be in the presence of the maker of everything you've ever loved, imagine that for one second. You're going to be in the presence, the, the unveiled, unfiltered presence of the Creator of everything you've ever thought was beautiful, or worthy, or lovely, or artistic, or musically inclined. Everything you've ever thought that every human being has ever thought about planet Earth that ever thought it was worthy, or beautiful, or integrity, or, or healthy, or, or beautiful sounding or beautiful smelling or beautiful, every sense beautiful, the, the, the most incredible thing you could possibly imagine in your life that you've ever seen or enjoyed or tasted or listened to or, or, or sung along with, everything. You're going to be in the presence, unfiltered, unveiled, of the one that created all of that. We can't possibly know how unbelievably incredible this experience will be. And that is heaven. And that's what the Bible is going to describe it as. We're going to be in the presence of our Lord. And like I said at the beginning of this question, there's probably a lot of people who go, that sounds boring. Because you're not thinking of it in the, you're thinking of it in terms of largemouth bass and green grass and blue skies. The creator, the guy, the one, the being that invented blue skies and green grass and largemouth bass. The, the one that every song, the most beautiful songs you've ever heard in your life, the one that invented music, right? Of, of every beautiful girl or handsome boy you've ever seen in your life, the one that invented handsome boys and beautiful girls. The, the one that, in, that, the way you love your child or your wife or your grandfather, the way you love them, the feeling you felt, the butterflies you felt, the one that created them is going to be right in front of your face, unveiled, unfiltered, with you. And you're going to just be in the presence of that and go, I don't want to go anywhere else. I just want to stay here. Please, Lord, I just want to, I just want to soak up this moment. I can't, as I describe this, I can't possibly portray uh, what this might mean for all of us believers, but I could say it's going to be beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. That's how I picture heaven. 
I'll end the podcast there, but uh, love you guys. If you have a question for me, email podcast at grangersmith.com and we'll see y'all next Monday. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.